New Jersey is providing truly historic tax relief. Living in New Jersey is about to become more affordable under the new Anchor Property Tax Relief Program created by Governor Murphy and the legislature. The state will soon deliver over 2 billion in tax relief to more than 2 million homeowners and renters. Eligible New Jerseyans can receive up to 1500. Apply today. Even if you didn't qualify under the previous program, you may now The deadline is February 28th. Visit anchor.nj.gov. Hey everyone, it's Sadia and welcome back to Immigrantly, a podcast about the diverse array of immigrant cultures, experiences and identities. For all my listeners out there, new and old, I hope you're all doing well and enjoying the year so far. Maybe starting the year is like starting the day. A good beginning gets the ball rolling for even better things ahead. Yep, I am feeling optimistic. And do you want to know why? It's because today's episode was written in the stars. No, I'm kidding. But it is about the stars and what may or may not be written in them, depending on what you believe. That's right. We are talking about astrology. But wait, before you astrology skeptics roll your eyes and find a different episode, I promise this guest has a lot of interesting stories about his journey through the world of astrology so far. Today, I am interviewing Mangesh Hathikudir, a podcaster and a co-founder of Kaleidoscope, a podcast production company. He's also the co-host of the podcast, Part-Time Genius, the former senior vice president of iHeartRadio and the co-founder of the magazine Mental Floss. But it is his more recent podcast that we'll be talking about today. Toward the end of 2022, Mangesh released Skyline Drive, a podcast where he dives into astrology and tries to understand what we find so alluring about the stars. Everyone from BTS fans to Ronald Reagan has found comfort in astrology and Mangesh does a great job of exploring why. So let's get started. a bit nervous because why I've read about you and you're this amazing podcaster <laughs> and I'm listening to your podcast like part-time genius and skyline drive and I'm like oh my gosh oh what nonsense what's happening here <laughs> so tell me how are you doing I'm doing well I'm thrilled to be in the studio with you I am so excited to talk about astrology and I have my thoughts and my opinions um and we'll get to that But you know I thought nothing feels more fitting about this day and this interview than for you to tell me about your astrological sign and do you think it represents you? <laughs> sure. I mean my broad sign is a uh, Taurus and I say this in the show too but I remember in the newspaper they used to have the horoscope every day and i'd read it and I, i was like a little curious about it some days it related some days it didn't and then i looked up other tauruses and 
Hitler is a Taurus, Pol Pot is a Taurus, oh, no. Mao is a Taurus, <laughs> Machiavelli is a Taurus. It's like an, an unending list of horrible people. <laughs> so I don't know if I identify with that, but... <laughs> but in terms of traits, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I, I think I'm pretty, um, pretty hardworking, pretty un phased in terms of most things. I like home a lot. I like ah. things that make me feel like comfortable at home and, you know, not luxurious, but comfortable, I think. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. I'm a Leo mm-hmm. and I don't know what that means. I am not big on zodiac signs. I don't understand them. I've heard things about Leos and I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't have opinions one way or the other. But are you somebody who looks at their sign every day and just organizes everything based on that? I don't look at my sign every day or certainly uh, design my life around it, but it's sort of a fun amusement for me. And especially as I've gotten in this show, I do tend to look just to see how people think about my weeks ahead or my month or like, did I actually have a good month, you know, depending on these horoscopes. But I have a lot of friends who are dating and my friends who are dating say that they just can't get out of conversations about horoscopes. And I have, I think, a friend who's a Gemini who said that people refuse to date him when they find out he's a Gemini. Or, or I, I guess, I, I know people, I have another friend, this guy, AJ Jacobs, who is really wonderful and hates astrology. And he was telling me, it's just another way of being not racist, but like, like <laughs> sort of like pick apart people and decide who you like and who you don't like. And so, and he told me that he had, um, and I've heard about this in other places too, but um He had a friend who, in job interviews, tried to figure out when someone was born because he would Mm. determine whether he'd hire someone or not based on their star sign. And I know that at at WeWork, I forget the principal's name there, but the woman, Rebecca Paltrow, is that it? She she used to do that too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So in terms of astrology, let's get to that. I have a very complicated relationship with astrology. Mm -hmm. I feel like I believe in it to the point where I'm almost scared to find out what lies ahead. Yeah. Right? So I am scared to go to an astrologer because I feel if I did, I would just internalize and manifest whatever they told me. And I was listening to your podcast. You say something which is quite different. You don't believe in astrology, but astrology keeps happening to you. <laughs> yeah. Can you elaborate? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because being from India, I think our family is very divided on astrology, right? There are a lot of people who who are pure scientists who are like, nah, it's hogwash. And then people who are like, yeah, but it's also a science. And they think that things like marriage are determined by astrology. Even though I don't believe in it, my parents wouldn't be together if their charts hadn't matched, right? And very specifically, it's not just the sort of ways that you compare charts and you see, like, do they match financially? Do they match in terms of a social interest? Do they match in, like, you know, they're, like, 18 or 36 of these, like, points that they try to match couples on. And my parents have very specific inclinations. Like, my mom could not be with someone who had a mother because the energy of the mother-in-law, right? And my father, his mom passed away when he was a year old. And so both of their relations were more inclined to set them up and see if they'd go on a date and see if they liked each other because of that. And if my dad's mom had lived, my parents wouldn't be together. And so I'm a product of astrology, whether I like it or not. I like that. And your parents' story is so adorable. (laughs) 
I was listening to it. And for them, it worked, yeah. right? And as someone who grew up in Pakistan watching Bollywood movies, mm-hmm. astrology was pretty much normalized for me, yeah. right? Yeah. And I know that astrology is a huge part of Indian culture, especially marriages, arranged marriages, or marriages in general. Mm-hmm. But then there's this dichotomy that I see with astrology, right? On the one hand, you see so many positive things happening. But then I'm also reminded of an episode of your podcast where you talk to Dr. Kumar mm-hmm. about your dad's health. He indicates or he predicts that your dad's health will deteriorate. But then we see example of Jean who sees herself through astrology. Yeah. Mangesh, how do you reconcile this dichotomy of Astrology being so comforting for some people, but then it can reveal truths and things that we don't want to know. Yeah, it's really hard. And I don't know that I have a specific view on it. I mean, to to me, it's not like I did this podcast and I came out believing, oh, astrology is real or astrology is bunk. For me, it was just an interesting cultural examination and how people use it in their lives. And the thing is, most people go to astrologers when there's some problem that they're facing, right? There's some issue that hasn't been resolved through traditional methods, or they're hesitant to use traditional methods, right? So like in India, obviously, um, you know, there's great stigma against psychology or seeing a psychologist. And so like the ways that people deal with issues are often religion or astrology. And like those are where the cures often come from, or sometimes, you know, like Ayurveda or things like that. But religion and astrology are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, they aren't. They aren't, right? Why do we think science and astrology are? Why do some people think science and astrology are? I think because in many ways, um, like we had this woman, Jamie Green, who's an incredible science writer, and her point was when you change perspectives, when you move from like the Earth to anywhere else, the way you view the constellations and stars and planets changes, right? And so it's a very Earth-bound perspective that Mm. we're looking at in terms of how. And and people say, oh, it's the gravitational pull of of these things. But if that was true, it feels like the things that we're looking for answers to are so minor and inconsequential, you know? For for a lot of people, you know, it's like, am I going to get a parking ticket today? You know, like these tiny, tiny, minuscule things when they're these giant planets. And so I think... A lot of scientists are hesitant, and there are a lot of studies that show that you could give you a horoscope, and you can give your neighbor a horoscope, and you both feel like it applies to you. But Jamie said this thing that's really beautiful to me is that I treat astrology like a poem, and it's true the way a poem is true. Mm. And I think that astrology ends up being this really beautiful way to examine your life if you treat it that way. But but it's funny because, like, the hesitancy of people to admit they believe in astrology is pretty high. And so, like, in India, I think there's some stat that's like 40% or 45% of people believe in astrology, but 80% of them will use astrologically approved dates for starting their business or starting a science lab or starting, you know, like, like there's yeah. still this superstitious, like, a level of belief that you check it off just in case. And humans intrinsically want to better their lives. and increase the odds of success or whatever for themselves. And astrology, in a way, is that too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But going back to marriage, now I understand the concept of astrology in arranged marriages because the stakes are low. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. In love marriages, did you 
first of all, I'm assuming it's a love marriage. I don't know why I assumed that. <laughs> but irrespective, did you use astrology at all? I did not use astrology. I was scared of what an astrologer would say, right? And that anyone could use that as sort of a reason to divide my wife and I. But it is tricky because there are a lot of love marriages in India where their charts don't match up. And so there are specific villages and specific people you can go to to sort of basically match fix. <laughs> like like, like ah. they, they, they tweak your horoscope so that you can show it to your parents and show that you are aligned, which is uh, crazy that that's a business, but like that's wow. important. And then there are these people who are um, Munglik. Aishwarya Rai is, is famously this. And so, I thought her husband was, though. I know that she had to marry a tree uh, before her wedding oh. to because basically there's there's a curse on the first marriage. And so you either marry a pot or you marry a, a tree or you marry something that's either animate or inanimate but not human. <laughs> and then you proceed with your, your wedding. But, I mean, for someone who's famously a feminist, you know, to, to have to engage with this sort of tradition is surprising in a modern India. For me, it's not surprising because I identify as a feminist, as an intersectional feminist. I identify as someone who practices religion. And at the same time, I believe in things that are beyond comprehension that we don't understand. And I also believe in science. Yeah. So I think all of those things can really coexist in a way. Well, I have this friend, uh, Namrita Tripathi, and, and she's an incredible editor. She runs this beautiful children's imprint called Kokila. And I was talking to her about this, and she said, you know, as Indians, you look at our food, and aside from thali, like, everything mixes on a plate, right? Like, like it's like the crunchy and the savory and I the sweet that. and the spicy, and, and like, it's a mix and jumble of everything. And we don't comprehend the differences between these things. Everything sort of blurs into one another. So you're talking about, like, uh, astrology and religion definitely blur into each other, but so do science. And, you exactly. know, and in India, you have these established universities that give PhDs in astrology, and it's so different from the way... The way you go to an astrologer in the U.S. and India are completely different. But the level of study that goes into it is is stunning. And, and so it's treated in a different way. You know, that's a great segue into my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about differences in Vedic astrology versus Western astrology. And I've tried to do some research, but I want to get your perspective because my knowledge is very basic. And I don't want to bore listeners with what I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, my my uh, understanding is also pretty pretty vague. I, I know that they use a different, um, I think it's called num, like a different point of origin, essentially, for the horoscope. But also, a lot of Western astrology, as we know it, tends to lean very heavily on the sun sign. And that's much less important. And, like, there's a, a whole number of signs that go into effect mm. in terms of um, traditional Vedic astrology. And Western astrology has sort of adapted to include a lot of that as well. But for me, one of the bigger differences is that when you go to a Western astrologer, it does feel more like therapy. Like, you're examining your life. You're looking at things. You're trying to come to conclusions about, is this an issue? Do you feel the presence of this on this problem? And, and talking through the issues. Sometimes you can get that in Indian astrology, but like with Dr. Kumar, it's very predictive. It's like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. That's this scary, is gonna happen. though. It's eerie. But, but the other thing that's funny to me is I went to Pondicherry because I'd been in uh, Chennai and then just wanted to visit. And so I went to an astrology shop there 
And this guy opened at 5 p.m. and I sat in his shop and he said, just five minutes, just five minutes. And someone came in and, and asked a quick question and then left. And then he said, another, just five minutes, just five minutes. So all these people would pull up on these mopeds and they'd hop in and they'd bring their charts and they'd say things like, is today a good day for me to buy a TV? You know, it was just like an errand that they wanted a specific answer to right in that moment. And it was just like a daily part of their lives that they consulted in astrology. And that's not something you see in Western astrology. This is where the dichotomy lies for me. If we believe things are predestined, how does astrology fit in? And also sometimes I feel like this human desire to alter things reflects on how we see ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But we, as humans, sometimes just have to surrender to what nature has to offer. So for me, sometimes it's easier to surrender and not know about anything and what the future holds because it helps me reconcile or reckon with my limitations. You know, it's funny. um, I'm doing a show right now, and I talk about my sister, um... And her, you know, even though we grew up together, we went to the same school, same college, we, you know, we used to spend monsoons in India together because that was our summer vacation. So we were stuck in a house together. Monsoons are not a good time in (laughs) India or Pakistan. (laughs) We'd get there and and all our cousins would be like, oh, well, mango season's over and the weather has changed. (laughs) It's bad. The weather sucks. So I got very good at carom. But um, but other than that, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time with my sisters. So, so we're very close, but one of the things that's funny is that we never really talked about astrology. And I've always, like, known about my chart or had some reading that, like, my grandmom gave to me or my, my parents gave to me. But I was asking my sister Shanta about it, and she said, every time I try to get my horoscope done, something bad happens. So they sent it to this, like, trusted astrologer in India that my grandmom really approved of, and then he passed away. And then uh, they sent it to his apprentice, and he felt really sick when uh, when it was in front of him. Oh, wow. And, and then she tried to get it somewhere else, and the astrologer said, uh, it's kind of like your brothers, just look at your brothers. And so she kind of came to terms with this idea that, like, oh, I don't need to know. You know, why don't you be happy with what you have? Right. And it's okay that you don't know these things. And for me, um, you know, I'm curious. And it's hard, right? On one hand, it's like a Pandora's box, right? Like, you're so curious. And then on the other hand, do you really want to know that your dad might pass away in a month? You know, like, like that's hard to hard to stomach. By the way, I'm so sorry about your dad's passing. Deepest condolences. And as I was listening to that episode, it was just so disheartening and gut-wrenching. Mm. But going back to what you said, that's exactly how I feel, right? I don't want to know what's going to happen. I am curious, but at the same time, I'm an extremely anxious person. Well, I was, I was talking to, um, <clears throat> uh, well, one, thank you so much about my dad. That's really sweet. And I, I think that's one of the joys of podcasting, right? Is right. that you know that this is such an emotional medium and, and intentional medium where people only choose to listen to you because they want to listen to you, right? right? It's not streamed at them. And so you can have a real connection with people as you do with the show. And, and I'm sure like the listeners who write in and, and, you know, there's a wonderful way that you can both communicate and absorb that feedback. And I think that's one of the, the special things about our medium. But in terms of what you do and don't want to know, I, I know this Bollywood star who told me that he goes to multiple astrologers and he tells them, I only want to hear good things. 
Oh, wow. And so, so like, if it's anything bad, I don't want to hear it. And so, Do you like, know who that star is? <laughs> you guys will have to guess. But, but, um, but what's funny is, like, I met a numerologist who changes cricket players' numbers and the titles of Hollywood films. And so, like— Yeah, I'm not surprised. A lot of times, one, like, the Bollywood films won't start— filming until certain auspicious days. And the numerology all relates to astrology. Like the one, if you add up to one, then it relates to the sun. If you add up to two, it relates to whatever, Mercury or whatever it is. But he was telling me that um, a lot of times when you see Bollywood films that have like three A's or four A's in it, like for PR, right? Like, yeah. like the, it isn't just P-Y-A-R or P-Y-A-A-R, but suddenly it has three A's. Like that's him, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> and so he is actively uh, changing titles uh, based on numerology. That's so fascinating, Mungesh. And I want to extend this conversation and talk about what you discussed on Skyline Drive. Um, <laughs> the issue of astrology scandals Mm. amongst political leaders, specifically the Reagans, Mm. which I didn't even know about. I mean, Stargate, can we call it Stargate? (laughs) Uh, But I like the point that was made during that conversation that for Nancy Reagan, it was comforting, right? Again, going back to what we talked about initially, for some people, it is comforting. Have you ever sought astrology just for that purpose to Calm down yourself during, you know, anxiety or fear. I haven't. I mean, I, I think part of the reason Nancy Reagan took such comfort in it was that she was a very controlling person in really good ways, too, for her husband. And that a lot of people said that if she wasn't married to Ronald, he never would have been governor. He would never would have been president. Like, it's her ambition and her sort of dedication to making him a star or making him a political figure that really drove that. And so I think she needed that in a way. Like, for me, I'm not a very controlling person, you know? Like, mm. I, and, and I think whatever I do or don't believe in astrology, like, I do have this latent feeling of, like, karma, right? Like, this, right. this idea that, like, you know, things happen for, for, a reason. for a reason. And so you try to deal with them the best you can, but you can't control things, you know? And, and, and you're a good person. You try to be good to people. You try to help others. And, and I have a... Um, a phrase, which I, I don't know if it's true, but I like to believe it, is that, like, good content makes its own luck. And and I, I think that, like, if you put your name on things you really believe in, then those things tend to rise. And so, like, that's Absolutely. kind of how I approach things. And even though for the show I did, uh, just for the fun of it, I released episodes on times that are numerologically, like, appropriate, like, 1207 or, like, you know, these numbers that add up to, to 10 or 1. I mean, like, but to me, that was a lark. It wasn't like something that like I'm so dedicated to. I don't really consult for for those purposes. But did it impact your downloads and, you know, growth? <laughs> <laughs> As a podcaster, the first thing I think about is downloads. <laughs> I, I'm sure uh, other people would tell me they have. I, I don't know. You know, like, uh, it's uh, hard for me to, like, I didn't test it in terms of, like, sending out 50% of them at 12.07 and, and a bunch more at 12.08, you know. Mangesh, I want to go back to your episode about Reagans and political leaders. You asked people if they would vote for a president who believed in astrology. What about you? 
would a president's belief in astrology change whether you voted or did not vote for them? I think that I am very hesitant to vote for someone who believes too strongly in both religion and uh, astrology. I mean, partially, as I, I'm just progressive, and I think as a minority in this country, like, you want to be open to other people's ideas. And, and I think that anyone who hews too strongly to their one belief without having an opening for other ideas, I think, is problematic. You know, it's funny people think that, but at the same time, I could argue that Religion allows you to be inclusive as well, right? It's how you approach your religion. No, completely. I I just think that I make an allusion to this in the podcast, but I find that if you're coming across as religious in the States, there's really only one religion that you can be. Right. And, 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 And if you want to appeal to the widest group, particularly if you're on the right, then you have to take stances that are Pretty divisive, I think. Right. And if you believe that all religions are treated equally in the U.S., then then you're being delusional in a way. Yeah. It's not true. That's exactly right. And and so I'm not not anti-religion. I mean, I think one of the things that's special about my family is that they have been pretty progressive over the years. And so, like, my granduncle married a Catholic woman, you know, like, my uncle married a Muslim. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, mixing and a lot of openness. And so... To me, like, religion isn't a barrier, and I I think that what's been hard to me about India is that it used to feel, from my sort of myopic perspective, like a more inclusive place, Mm. and and it's moved towards a place of more sort of uh, nationalistic and sort of extreme identity. Does that scare you? Mm -hmm. It does. It feels less like the India I know or India I knew. Yeah, I mean, the Bollywood that I grew up with, it has changed. Now, whenever I want to watch an Indian movie, it ends up being a propaganda movie. And I'm like, come on, guys, I want same kuch kuch hota hai or whatever. Mangesh, I do want to talk a little bit about the podcast, although we've talked about it throughout. Mm. But the name, Skyline Drive, now it's a drive in cinema experience, right? And that's how you got the name? Or am I confused about what Skyline Drive really is? Because there's one in Brooklyn, I believe. Yeah, so so there's a cinema in Brooklyn that I didn't know about when I started the show. There are two reasons for the name. Uh, one is I tend to be a, a night owl, and I could never really sleep. And so I, I had a bit of insomnia as a, as a kid. And, and so in Delaware, the legal driving age is 16. So often late at night, I would just like throw my dog in the car in our like old station wagon, and I would drive. And I really find looking up at the stars the same way that I find looking at the waves, something that's uh-huh. very, very calming and beautiful. And so I would drive on these back roads, and I would drive places, and there's a drive called Skyline Drive. And I remember the first time I realized that there's actually a beautiful view there that it just kind of hit me. And so that's kind of been something I've done all my life is like I lived in Birmingham, Alabama. There's this ridge that's really beautiful um, in Bluff Park. And I used to drive by it and just admire the view, you know, at, at late at night. But the other reason for it, and, and I wanted something that was like both meaningful to me, but had sort of a um, 
a feeling of, I'm not an astrologer. I don't have, like, a depth of understanding of astrology, right. but but I want to have, like, a cultural understanding or a cultural experience. And so Skyline Drive kind of felt like that, like driving past it. But, I like that. I used to live in Atlanta for a year and a half, and we'd gone up to D.C. for Thanksgiving, and then we took the long way back, and we drove along the Skyline Drive in Virginia, and it's just such a beautiful drive. And it's one of those moments that, like, you know, I've got two kids, everyone in the car was happy and singing, and we got out and hiked, and it was like, oh, time is precious, and and you want to spend it in ways that are meaningful. And so, like, Skyline Drive kind of reminds me of that. What do you hope listeners would take away from your podcast or conversations that you have on it? There's this amazing old reporter named Clementine Paddleford, and she was a young journalist. No one would give her a beat. This is like post-depression. And so she taught herself to fly in a Piper Cup plane, and she took on the food vertical. She would use food as a prism to examine anything that interested her, right? And so, like, she taught people how a famous writer made chocolate pudding, or she went into, like, a submarine and figured out how they made um, brownies for 70 people in a submarine and, and all these incredible stories through food. And, and for me, astrology is a prism to understanding humans mm. and a way to, to really feel empathy for others and, right. to, and to understand that, you know, astrology on one hand is very laughable and, and on the other hand, it gives great meaning and hope to a lot of people. And like I said, whether you believe it or not, it's happening to you as well. And the fact that Reagan had meetings with Gorbachev is because of astrology. The fact that, like, there was nuclear deproliferation was because of astrology. You know, France is entering the Persian War was because of astrology. And so, like... It's had this impact on the world. So culturally, we should treat it seriously, even if personally you don't. I like that. And in the end, if you were to define America in the context of stars and astrology (laughs) and the impact it could or has had on America, how would you do that? I think that people tend to turn to astrology in moments of desperation and uncertainty. And I think that the rise and interest in astrology of millennials has very much to do with how dating patterns have changed, but also how economic circumstances have changed. Mm. And so I think this is a moment where we're all grasping in various ways, and I think astrology points to that. Absolutely. This was so good. Mangesh, where can people find your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's very sweet. Uh, It's wherever you get podcasts from Apple to iHeart to um, Spotify. I love it. And by the way, I've consumed all your episodes so far. (laughs) So I can't wait to listen to the latest episode. And thank you so much for coming in this studio and having this conversation. Oh, it's an honor to be here. And it's really lovely. Thank you. Thank you. What a fun episode. As if the stars were aligned. 
Tell us what you thought about this episode, if you believe in astrology, if you've ever experienced it, if you've ever been to an astrologer. What are your thoughts? This episode was produced by me, Sadia Khan, written by Michaela Strother. Our editorial review was done by Shay Yu. And our amazing editor is Hazik Ahmed Farid. Until next time, take care.